All right, hello, idiots on parade, the 2Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here, ladies and gentlemen. That is Jake Vevra, comedian, and I am Nathan Timmel, also a comedian. Uh, this will be posted on Monday, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11th or 12th. I'm not good at adding. Uh, we are recording on Friday, March 8th. Uh, we had slated to record today. And then my daughter came, uh, turned up this morning with a 102-degree fever and a scratchy oh, throat. So I am taking her to the doctor in a little while. So we're going to try and bang this out. Uh, so as always, we say it whenever we record early. If the world comes to an end and we didn't report on it, it's because we recorded before the world came to an end, and we apologize. Yeah, that's our bad on the yeah. world coming to an end. All right, Jake, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I got a couple things I want to bang out. Do you have anything pressing or? No, nah, man. Let's let's go with those. All right. Um, I I think we've talked about this in the past, but it's just the same old fucking story. Just a new person. Stormy Daniels is uh, going to do a stand-up comedy tour. She's already booked at a couple of comedy clubs, and. Uh, I, you know, I, I find it frustrating. I don't get, you know, all up in arms about it, but it's just, I, I get why the comedy clubs do it. It's stunt casting. They're, they're trying to get people into the door like, ooh, we've got Stormy Daniels, but she's charging $35 a ticket. Um, and as far as I know, she's never done an open mic. And the reason that might, like, it might sound petty to people that have never done stand-up comedy. Sure. Yeah, because I see no, this both ways. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no fast tracking the 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 maturation process to becoming a comedian um it's an old line but nobody ever picks up a guitar for the very first time and says all right time to get on stage and be discovered but i lived in la and i'm sure you see it there in new york i know it was ever present in la that's what casting directors and managers and agents tell actors they say look i know you're not a stand-up comedian but just go to the open mic and get on stage and maybe somebody will see you so right stand-up comedy has this idea about it that all you have to do is stand on stage and you're entertaining or interesting. Right, because well, that's part of the parlor trick of it. You know what I mean? Is is And, and this isn't necessarily true for any act, especially if we're talking like deadpan comics. It's not necessarily the, as, as much the case usually. But for the most part, this the parlor trick to stand up is you're, you're taking something that you've written and possibly done hundreds of times, if not more, you know, like for some of the like the really older go to bits. Um, but you're taking something that you've done a bunch of times that people know you've done a bunch of times for the most part. And you're making it seem like it's just flowing out of you as if it's conversational, as if it's natural, you know. Yes. And, and so, therefore, people see you do that, and when it's done really well, it seems like it was just flowing off the top of his head, you know? It, it, uh, Dave Chappelle's specials that he just released, all four of them, uh, he, make it, he makes it look like he's just opening his mouth and out comes four specials. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it's done really well, it does kind of look easy, to, especially to people who, who haven't done it, who, haven't, who don't know the process, who, you know, who haven't but personally sat there and fucked around with a joke for months on end to kind of tweak it, you know? And so uh, it, it, does, it it's one of those things that can give the deception of being very easy to, to people that, that don't do it. And, and I'm not saying it's not compared to other things, you know? I, I, don't, I, I have no 
delusions of grandeur about what we do. I know it's not as impressive as people doing uh, triple trapeze acts with no fucking net at the bottom, you know? I'm not, nothing, nothing I've said is as impressive as that. That being said, uh, the trapeze act isn't trying to make it look like, oh, look what we just did on the spot, you know? Look what I'm just doing naturally. It, it, it doesn't have that sort of element. With that, with the, the parlor trick isn't, look what I'm just doing for the first time naturally. You know, like that's, and that's, I think, with stand-up is it's trying to make it look natural. And so people think anybody can do it. Therefore, they just put everybody up and, and, and like, hey, yeah, go. Yeah, you were in this movie where you read other people's lines and pretended to be literally every person that's not you for the past, you know, 15 years that you've been acting. Now go be you on stage. And, and, and it just, it doesn't go well most of the time. Well, you, you, I have three thoughts, and one of them comes off what you just said. Um, it's, it's why back in the day when I used to watch the Oscars or the Emmys or, you know, just leave them on. Yeah. I was always, when I was younger and stupider, I was always amazed by how 90% of the speeches are incoherent or boring or just bad. Where Yeah, then you move out to the coast and you start hanging around actors and you're like, oh, shit, that's why. Right. So when they do a great job acting and win an Oscar, it's because they are a vessel for, ooh, I know how to display this emotion. When they get on stage to be themselves and accept an award, they are exposed. Now, sometimes you have someone like Clooney or uh, Ving Rhames, you know, people that are just genuine and give good speeches. But I think of uh, Million Dollar Baby. I can't think of the actress's name. She Oh, Hilary Swank? Hilary Swank. It was, I remember it so clearly because I didn't think, oh, my God, she forgot to thank her husband. That was the big news the next day. I just remember I want to thank my lawyer, my manager, my agent, my other agent, my other lawyer. Oh, these people are so great. The producer. It was just this, this list of wrote boring like there was yeah. no humanity to it it was this is a woman that starred in a film that was so emotional and she played this it, she won the oscar for her ability to to depict real human emotions and yet when she got on stage it was that blank slate that just that nothing and you're like oh well that was interesting the other two thoughts i had they also play off what you said is about it sounding natural and Switching venues. Um, regarding Stormy Daniels, personally, I, I'm sure she has great stories about Trump's dick and fucking him, and I'm sure they're funny. But whoever you are, it's fine to take your stories to an open mic. I'm not, you know, stomping my feet and saying Stormy Daniels can't be a comedian. I think anybody that wants to should get on stage at an open mic and tell their stories and see if they're good at it. I'm frustrated with the fact that she goes to the front of the line. Um, yes, she paid her dues in a different arena, and the fact, like you said, they think they can just cross over into this one, and I can think of twice that that has failed. Um, I can think of numerous times, but I'm going to give two examples. Charlie Sheen did that Torpedo of Truth tour when he was feuding with Chuck Lorre from Two and a Half Men, and if you remember, people were booing and leaving the theater. And oh, wow. He thought he, this was just across the country. Do you remember how huge that was when he was feuding with Chuck Lorre? Yeah. And he went and he sold out theaters. He said, I'm going to do a comedy yeah. tour. And you look up any review, and he just thought all he had to do is walk on stage and be Charlie Sheen. And people were not entertained. They hated him. The reviews were vicious. And these were reviews not from critics that were you know snobs. These were people that were in the audience that felt ripped off. Which I have very little sympathy for, because if you're dropping money to go see Charlie Sheen, you're not that bright. But 
the other story, like I had someone tell me, well, Stormy Daniels is really witty on Twitter. Well, I, listeners might not know who this person is. Google Rob Delaney, Jimmy Kimmel, because Rob Delaney, um, during the 2012 election, blew up on Twitter. He was fantastic. He hounded Mitt Romney. He got millions of Twitter followers. People thought he was the funniest thing ever. So they threw him on Jimmy Kimmel to do a stand-up set. And if you Google Rob Delaney, Jimmy Kimmel, you find several articles asking if Delaney and his management team are trying to scrub that set from the internet. You can't find his comedy because I, I saw a bootleg copy of it. It is so god-awful yeah. that they wanted to protect him. They they covered it up. They, they took it offline. They said, don't ever rebroadcast this because being funny on Twitter did not translate into being funny on stage for six right. minutes. Right. It's, 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 it's is, different. It's people look at it the same, but it's uh, <coughs> it, it, it ends up being an onstage version of Michael Jordan playing baseball, you know? It's just, it's yes. not the same thing. So, But I, mean, I, I do see it both ways, though, right? Because I see it in the sense, like, I, I can see why somebody might be annoyed, thinking, oh, they're going to the front of the line, and they're blah, 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 blah. But it's like, at the end of the day, they are putting asses in seats. And, and that, I mean, there is a business end to this. Like, we do have to get people to come out and see it live, especially in a time when everybody can just sit at home and watch their comedy from dudes like Logan Paul on YouTube and just, just watch a bunch of people go around harassing people and that's that's turning into the new comedy, right? Like, I, the, we're, like we're up against the internet as far as live entertainment goes, you know? So you kind of got to make that work for your advantage, right? I can see how it could, it could hurt comedy in that um, people, people go to see this at a comedy club, let's say, and then it... And then it sucks because you're essentially paying to see um, a porn star's third open mic, but an hour of it, and it's it's not great, you know. So it, and then they're like, "Well, fuck, going to see comedy again, right?" I can I can see how that can happen, but I can also see how it might kind of get people into the comedy club and might get them to enjoy it, might get them to know that it's there and see it as a venue. What I would suggest to people booking. People like, uh, you know, Stormy Daniels or uh, Charlie Sheet, whoever the fuck, you know, um, book them, but sort of set it up to where you're, you're leaning very heavily on your openers and features, you know, have them have them do a little more time than they might for like Dave Attell, let's say, you know, because she's not Dave Attell. And so you, you need to like, here's some here's some really solid comedy. And then, you know, just just plug another show at the end of the show. Like, hey. Um, we have more of our feature. We have he's going to be or she's going to be op opening and featuring for whoever next weekend. And and don't don't be too on the nose about it, but just kind of find a way during that plug to let them know. And that person has done comedy more than twice. You know what I'm saying? And and just kind of let them know, like, hey, we have more comedy coming from from comics. You know, people who got where they are from. Telling dick jokes and not sucking the president's dick. You know what I'm saying? Like they told the jokes about the president's dick, and now now they're here. That's what they've been doing for the last, you know, 15, 20 years or whatever. And so they are going to be here next weekend. See you then. I like that. My problem with it is I tend think it might tend to lean more toward the latter 
the 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 front end of your conversation, your point, than the back end of your point, which is if people spend thirty five dollars to go see Stormy Daniels, they're probably not going to spend money the following week. Maybe they'll come back in six months, and I do worry that they're going to go. Well, if someone famous isn't funny, why should I go see a nobody? Okay. Like, I don't think they see the distinction of this person's been doing it 20 years, but never really got a break, but is really, really good. And, and you know, this person was famous and I spent $35 and it was no good. So I like the idea of having comics do more time up front, but I also wonder what happens if she just, you know, it's a Stormy Daniels night. And because something like a lot of times, they bring their own opener because they don't want to get shown up. I don't know the guy's name, but I have a friend who, in L.A., I have a friend whose was good friend ended up on a TV show and then suddenly was headlining all the improvs. Sure. And he, he brought one of his buddies from Los Angeles to open for him, and word got out that the opener was so bad. It was one of these alt—and I know the opener, and I don't remember any other names. I'm not trying to protect anyone. But I remember when my buddy said, yeah, he brought— so-and-so yeah. to open for me. I said, holy shit, that guy I'm going to do a character with no punchline so, for fucking 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. It was all L.A. comedy. And the, the this guy that was on TV, this actor that was actually a comedian, his management got called and said he cannot bring his opener anymore. This is too bad. Because he didn't want to get shown up. He knew right, that yeah, he was an yeah. actor that got lucky, so he brought someone well, that wouldn't I, show I, him up. I know it's, and it's, a lot of it's not as that. much the case in New York, but I— Everyone has told me that they spent a lot of time out in L.A. that whereas, you know, people cross over a little bit here with comedy and acting like it's and some some do it quite a bit. But out there, it's it's almost like the the, the comedy is, is a secondary thing, like they all started in acting. Right. And so they're they're trying a lot harder in L.A. to get acting with the comedy. And so they they tend to be really yes. into characters, really into act outs, as opposed to um, I want wall to wall fucking punchlines, you know, like the whole time I'm up here, which that tends to be more the New York style is is set a punch, set a punch, set a punch. Whereas the other one is I'm going to be a funny character. Here's a weird scenario, and and it's just and when it's done well, it's fucking hilarious. Sure, you know, because I mean, there's people out here that do that, and goddamn it, when that goes well, it can be fucking hilarious, dude. If if they're up there doing a character and it's really really out there, really um, ob obscure, really absurd, really whatever, it, it it'll fucking go great when it lands, you know. But um, it, it tends to be a little long between punchlines, if, if any at all, with some of that character shit. And so I can only imagine how much it's it's like that out in L.A. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that, that kind of painted a picture for me right there. But I would, to your point about um, the people not wanting to come back if she shits the bed, I, I hear that about them bringing their own opener. I, I would insist then with the club, like, listen, if you have your own opener... We're, we're bringing, like, they can feature for you. We're, we're having an opener, or, hey, we got a feature for you. Really push with those straight-up celebrity comics. Oh, we want to see famous people instead of funny people. Um, really push with them. Like, we're putting at least somebody who's solid up there with them so that they, they, they get some punchlines for their fucking money, and then we're doing a little plug for our show afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, I would, I, it's it's sort of your duty as, as a, 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 a club manager, I think, to... Let let them know that there's more stuff than that out there. I mean, you have to be sneaky. You can't fucking bash the person. But at the same time, you have to let them know that 
Stormy Daniels' third time on stage is not all there is to comedy. Um, I will also say that for the people who are j just coming out to see her and, and you're worried they may not show up again, I would also ask the question, were they going to show up at all that weekend for Good whatever, point. like like Good road point. headliner that was, I, probably not. So at least you're getting them there. Now, are all of them going to come back? No. Are most of them going to come back? Probably not. But you can still get some of them. And so as long as you don't make every single weekend people like Stormy Daniels or Screech or whoever the fuck, then you can still have a successful comedy club. But every now and then use that to kind of eh, get some new faces, some new asses in the seats, you know, and, and, and get, some, get some new faces looking at the stage. You just have to sort of use clever marketing to kind of not bash the headliner but let the other people know we're gonna have other headliners here's oh hey here's a uh, here's a little card with a link to some of their stuff on on youtube or check out their netflix special they'll be here next weekend you know put that on the table let them know whoever's gonna be here next weekend it's it's gonna be a seasoned comic here's here's marketing materials to get you where you need to hear their stuff and make you want to come back. I like that. And that, that is hopeful. All right. That makes sense. Most of them will not do that. <laughs> and, yes, and you, and you know, they um, let's move on to comedy of a different sort. Um, I did not listen to the entire Alex Jones, Joe Rogan. I couldn't. Did oh, it's amazing. Listen to the entire yes. episode. See, I got turned on. Now, you'll have to... I, I tuned out after an hour. I, I The first hour I thought was pretty fucking hilarious and good. The problem I had was when Alex Jones started going off on the Planned Parenthood selling babies and baby organs and Rogan was not pushing back, that to me was like, come on, Joe, you got to hit him a little on that. And he didn't. And I got frustrated and turned it off. Now, from what I understand, and you have to tell me this, I've seen clips online. I guess they did bring someone in that started making fun of Alex and saying, dude, that's conspiracy shit. Yeah, Eddie Bravo. Um, yeah. Okay, so they brought in – tell me about that because I will say this. The, the first half was entertaining. My favorite quote of the entire hour I listened to was – he was defending himself against Sandy Hook and saying, no, no, stop saying I said it didn't happen. I never said it didn't happen. I want to talk about animal hybrids and uh, <laughs> uh, something. It was just this beautiful the real issue that the fake news media is, is, is ignoring. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, they, they knew what was going on. Yeah, but I was just, he said, stop saying I didn't say Sandy Hook didn't happen. I want to talk about animal human hybrids. And that line was so. That's I mean, amazing. It, it, yeah. it's, it's like we said about uh, um, uh, Roseanne. I mean, he's he's literally insane. The one thing I will say about Alex Jones, he he deserves everything that happens to him. I hope they, they the 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 parents of Sandy Hook sue the shit out of him. And he says that well, I like to question things. I listened to a podcast on Y two K a little while back, and on the last episode. So it's all about the buildup of the fear of Y2K and how the computers were going to collapse and all that was going to happen at the turn of the millennium. And it was about this one guy uh, and his journey through it and why he found it so interesting. And on the very last episode, as 1999 is turning into the year 2000, he broadcast an Alex Jones broadcast from that night. And Alex Jones, I didn't know he was around oh, yeah, back he's been then, at it for a while, but man. Alex Jones was going off 
Well, yeah, and and that's why it was so funny that he kept trying to say, "I I, I was younger. I've learned since Sandy." Dude, Hook. he was, like was spouting out about how generals the in the Pentagon were taking DMT and literally communicating with aliens who were secretly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a second. So this this 1999 broadcast of Alex Jones, he is again screaming into the microphone that right now, as he is speaking, as the new year is turning, he said, the government forces are hunting down and killing people. This is happening. They are invading cities right now. It's not hypothetical. He's saying it's happening. It, he's making it all up, like off the top of his head. But he said it as if it was happening. So when he starts to say, I never said Sandy Hook didn't happen. I like to question things. Once I found out the evidence that I was re had received was fu fuck him. He takes everything to 10 and now he's trying to backtrack. He's insane and he needs help. He needs he has psychosis, but he's also an asshole and fuck him. So tell me about Eddie Bravo pushing back, because that's why I turned it off. I wish Rogan had pushed back. He, he more just trolled him, but... Eddie, Eddie Bravo seems to be uh, pretty big in a conspiracies himself, you know what I mean? But he, he just kind of trolled him for a bit. But the thing is, is I, I get why Joe Rogan doesn't push back and argue as much. With a guy like Alex Jones, it's more compelling just to kind of let him go. And, and with this whole, I'm going to shut down anything I don't agree with thing, I, that's, that's, that's what got Milo kind of taken down from where well, he is you let, know let me interrupt it, it and wasn't I apologize. people let me interrupt and i apologize it, he doesn't have to push back and say you're full of shit that's false you, you have no facts but he could have said i disagree with you i like because rogan kept saying i believe you right okay i hear you i just wanted at least alex i don't hear where you're coming from you have to con you know just any form of I am giving you this platform to spew your bullshit, but I'm not legitimizing it. I felt Rogan. Well, but dude, with the with the uh, abortion stuff, he was he, he. This is what he does with a lot of stuff. Is he'll start from a place where, yeah, this is actually either happening or feasible, and then he just he just fucking spirals it down the rabbit hole. Like there there are politicians and and bills who are claiming to be okay with, um, you know, like. A, a, a boarding of a fetus on the second half of the third trimester and shit. You know what I mean? Like there, there are people trying to push shit like that. Now where he goes crazy with it is, and they're keeping babies alive in, in, intentionally and telling the parents right. that they're dead to sell their organs to China. That's like, what do you, okay, this is, you know, this is where it gets crazy. Now, um, I, I'm a very pro-choice guy. I, I fucking paid for one back in the day. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, yeah, the I don't know when a fucking baby becomes a baby and not a fetus. Like I, that's that's for fucking doctors, man. Like I, I don't know that shit. Uh, but the that's a it's a debate where it's so fucking polarized in this country that you have one side screaming anything after conception is murder, and then the other side screaming. Um, we're just gonna push the date out as far as we can, and it's got fucking nothing to do with doctors and whenever they decide it's right. It's, 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 it's like, Hey, we think it should be okay to, um, uh, you know, deliver a baby at term directly into a lion's pit at the zoo. What, what do you think? You think that should be legal? No, then you agree with Trump and the pro-lifers and you're a sexist, you know? And so it's like, it's not a fucking healthy conversation in terms of like, um, whether or not it's legal. Yeah, of course that should be a conversation that, well, it's 
fucking up to women as far as I'm concerned, you know? It, but the question of when does a fetus become a baby, that's a lot more fucking complicated. And frankly, that should be that should be a boring conversation amongst doctor, doctors. That shouldn't be anything that's screamed about in, in public... Bill, you know what I mean? Like, that should not be a Republican-Democrat issue. That should be a white lab coat issue. Well, I think... And that's, that's not what it is. I think it is, and that's why, going back to where you started, is talking about uh, late-term abortions, and he's going on about... I When he talked about the governor's quote about keeping a baby stable and so on, I believe, and I did not do research, I believe just because I have an ounce of common sense that, first of all, nobody wants a late-term abortion. Nobody is pushing a bill that says, hey, I decided that, uh, you know, 40 weeks that uh, I want this thing out of me, so let's kill it. We're talking about babies that uh, they, they do an well, ultrasound uh, and they discovered these are, are deformed or have a disease or the, the mother's going to die giving birth. So that's the conversation right now. And then, right, but the guy, the guy did make a quote, and they played it on the show. Right, and the quote um, was, that if the baby is born, they will put it in. Uh, 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 They'll resuscitate it and then decide what, what, whether or not they want to what, what to do with it. Well, you know what I mean? Well, once you resuscitate it, it's line. They, they're not going to have. I mean, and that's the thing is, if the baby, they're not just killing babies. If the baby is born with a severe deformity and is not going to live on its own, yeah, they're going to put it in an incubator because that's what the. I believe the governor was saying. Well, yeah, we're not just going to kill a baby. If the baby is born and cannot survive on its own, we will save its life. But we have to have a serious discussion. It's like end of life, the beginning of life if the baby's not viable. Right, right. And look, what, what I'm saying is is the guy came off shitty in the speech. The guy came off shitty in the speech. He, he did not do a good job. If that's what he no, meant, that's no. not what he fucking—that's not what he said in the speech, and that, dude. And this is the same guy you with the You can add shit face. to it if you want to, but you can—you know— Right, and then and then he gets crazy with that, and he's going, uh, the the Democratic Party had these pictures the whole time, and they they just released this because they didn't like what he said about that, and it's like, all right, dude, well, this is, it's it's he'll start with something that's true, like yeah, that quote uh, from the governor of Virginia did not sound good, and this is coming from uh, somebody who I consider myself extremely extremely left on the abortion issue. You know what I mean? But even even that was a bit much for me. Like what the governor of Virginia said. Well and this, now, this goes if to he speak. if he added if he added all the shit that you added to it, different, but he didn't. And that, that goes to what you were saying when we talked about the, this governor with the blackface where it's like, hey, have you ever... No. Like, how does this asshole get elected? He obviously has... Right. He's a fucking idiot, Very man. poor speaking skills. How the fuck do people listen to him and go, oh, yeah, that's the guy I want to back. He, he is, he's a great orator. Like, no, he's... Yeah. He seems to open his mouth and be a numbnut, so... Right, yeah. No, that guy's a fucking idiot, but... Uh, I, no, in terms of not pushing back on, on Alex Jones, though... I, I really do think that Rogan's podcast is is best for just sort of it's a it's a long form say what you want to say and 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 I'm I'm not going to sit here and and fucking tear you down. I'm not going to shout you down. You can say it here and really I think that's better for getting guys like that, you know? If he would have started pushing back at him instantly with the Sandy Hook thing, that's if if this was about uh, debating Alex Jones, he should have been pushing back on the Sandy Hook shit because it's like, well, I, I didn't say that. I'm I'm just for you, you know, uh, open dialogue and and being able to question things. I I never thought it was fake and it's like Dude, you had enough experts on there. Yeah, he did it semi-smart in that with something that you know is fucking shaky ground, you know what I mean, kind of dangerous waters even for Alex Jones, like that. He, would, he wouldn't he would do the thing to where he's like, this is all bullshit and the government made it up. He would bring on 
and now we're going to hear from an expert on <laughs> Sandy Hook, you know? And it's like, okay, you didn't say it, but you, you sat there and had the guy say it on what is supposed to be like a news program. You know what I mean? Not, not like a podcast where we're talking DMT and mushrooms and shit. Like, like uh, you're, you're presenting this as facts because you're letting somebody out. Like, if, I, if I'm a host on CNN and I bring a guy, an expert on the Holocaust, and, and the guy's denying the Holocaust and shit, and I'm just like, huh, interesting. All right, let's hear from our sponsors. You know what I mean? And I just, I just let the guy go. It's like, okay, well, I didn't deny the Holocaust, but I fucking, like, had some guy do it next to me on my news program. That's pretty much the same fucking thing. So, like, you could push back right there. However, if he would have started that debate... Alex Jones would have just screamed about that the whole time, gotten angry, walked out, and, well, not talked about interdimensional aliens and uh, human-animal hybrids and um, cell phone towers controlling people's minds. And that's, that's the stuff I like to hear from Alex Jones. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the really... That's the stuff that cracks me up. It cracked me up, too. And I, I do want to point this out, that when I say I couldn't listen to that episode, I had to stop listening to that episode. And... In this uh, day and age of polarization and crossing arms and stomping feet, in no way am I now not listening to, to Rogan. I am not like, well, now I'm upset with Rogan and I can never listen to him again. No, I didn't like that episode. Moving on. Next time he has an interesting right, he guest. He has people and that's the thing. on all the time that I disagree with. That's the beautiful thing about Rogan's podcast right. is it's a little bit of everything. And that's, I think the problem is we're at a point where it's all or nothing, where once you hear something you don't like, you just carve that out of your life. Or that's what online people want you to do. And they, absolutely not. I, I, I wanted a little pushback from Rogan. I hear your point. I don't disagree. Personally, I, I, it, it didn't have to turn into a shouting match. But I just wanted to like, dude, I disagree but with But he you. knows it would have. It would have with Joe. He, it's a shouting match on his own show by himself <laughs> half the time. True. Like it, it would have turned into a shouting match very quick with him. And with him, it's better just to sort of um, get a little bit of scotch in him and wind him up and let him go. And that, to me, is more helpful in uh, making people not believe stuff that Alex Jones says. Because if you start shouting him back at him about things like Sandy Hook and, and abortion and whatever else, and that's as far as it goes, then people that are on his side are like, well, yeah, but I agree with him, and, and this guy's part of the fucking you know, conspiracy or, or whatever, and, that, and he still has them. Now, if you're just like, okay, uh-huh, and you let him go, and he starts talking about aliens and uh, you know, alternate dimensions and mind control and animal-human hybrids and all that, that, to me, does more for making people not believe his nonsense than Joe Rogan going, oh, come on, man, you know he didn't say that or he didn't mean it like that or you, you, know, you supported these fucking Sandy Hook conspiracies. That, that does more to disqualify this guy intellectually is let him fucking spout off crazy nonsense about aliens. But you don't get there if you turn it into a debate instantly. All right, fair enough. We are running out of time. I've got to get my daughter to her doctor appointment. I want to, do, I want to touch on one more subject that I sent you. Um, Anthony Cuthbertson. Anthony Cuthbertson, uh, I really want you to go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Now, if you don't know who Anthony Cuthbertson is, he wrote an article called Self-Driving Cars More Likely to Drive into Black People Study Claims. All right, fair enough. His opening sentence is that... 
Technology in, used in self-driving cars has a racial bias that makes autonomous vehicles more likely to drive into black people, a new study claims. Or, and I'm just putting this out here, cars, these, these cameras can't see black people at night the same way they can see white people. Uh, do we have to turn everything into racism? Do we have to make uh, cars racially biased? Can't it just be the—I mean, you can't—I mean, does that make me racist, saying that suddenly a camera has a more difficult time picking up on the the background of a, of, of a black person on night versus a white person on night? Do, do we have to turn everything to race, racism? You know what Mel baiting? Gibson has on the outside of his house? Cameras. <laughs> That's right. The cameras are bigoted, man. Cameras are bigoted. No, it, but the thing is, is like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it, but this is, this is like, these are cars that they're working on right now. And, and, and yeah, that, that was my first thought was, well, yeah, it might, it might be the, you, you know, it, it, it has trouble seeing people that are darker when it's dark outside. You know what I mean? But it, it does, it, it goes on to say that it, they found that this was still happening during the day, um, but it's it's in it's in software that they're like they're working out the bugs to it, and you know it. it I don't see the part it, where it happens during the day. I'm, I read the article. I'm reading it again. Maybe I'm just stupid, and that's very possible. It was no. It was it, this was like in the middle, man. It was let me let me look through it, but it was it was very. But it, it didn't give a lot of details though, so it's like I got to know how big. This this study oh, size one was even like when a... changing the time of day or obstructing yeah the, yeah right there there's one right but overall I mean they're they're making it seem like people are programming cars to hit people well yeah exactly and and it's like they're they're still they're developing this shit and so I I I can't help but feel like they left out the sample size for a reason because look if I if there's if there's eight of us that we do the test on. And, you know, half of us are, are one shade, half of us are another shade. And, you, you know, it three people, it, it comes back negative, three people it comes back, and, and it's, like, skewed. You know what I mean? That's, that's, a, that's a sample size of eight. That means fucking nothing, man. Like well, that. And, and to go to another point you just made, this is software they're working on. Wouldn't you rather discover that the camera has a harder time seeing black people right. during the process? This is a good thing. Process? They're... they're, yes. they're they're developing this it, now. If they just if it was if it was extremely just not seeing black people at night or whenever, and it was just fucking running, and they were just like, release them. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's that's, that's a problem. But this is they're they're developing it. So this is clearly just people trying to fucking make headlines, and this is it's a clickbaity bullshit article because there's very little details, and it's like, well, I gotta know. I gotta go. No numbers. I gotta know why is this happening. You know, it's it's just telling me, um, hey, these things are uh, racist robots. You, you know what I mean? And we don't like your kind around here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, and I'm sure. I, I'm sure I don't, could, that's. I'm sure we could program a ro robot to be racist. I'm sure it could happen. I just really doubt that's what the car companies are doing. I I find that, oh, 99.9 percent .9 unlikely that car companies are programming cars to hit black people right yeah it's it's being developed and it's 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 just somebody making fucking headline it articles is. that are, are just hoping to get clicks all right jake thanks for talking to me this morning uh on a more uh speedy version that we had planned 
I think we got through most of everything. Uh, next week we'll try and I'll try and watch the uh, Michael Jackson documentary. I'm not sure I want to because I'm like. I don't know what it's going to change in me. I've thought he was a pedophile for 25 years. I don't know why. Well, that's kind of where I'm at with it too. Is is if and you know it, it shocks me how many friends of mine on Facebook are still defending the guy. Oh God! Because well, I'm talk like, about dude, it next what week. are you? All right, all right. I got to get my Stay daughter to the, the, to, the, to, to see if she has strep throat or just a fever. So, jakevevra.com, nathantimmel.com. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and tell your friends to listen to us and write good reviews about us. And thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, I got to go. Don't spend the night with nine-year-olds. They grow up to make documentaries about you and, and tell lies. Right, Michael fans? Anyway. You heard it here. 57th. All right, bye. Later. Later.